Hey, welcome to this week's uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Pat Nemmers, uh, one of the pastors here at Sailorville Church, and I have another one of our pastors, Jared Leonard, with hello, us today. Hello, hello, hello. Jared, I've always said you have the perfect radio face. I just want you to know. <laughs> Especially now with the mustache. I've been told that a lot recently. Actually, so. I like the mustache. I know that it's kind, it's very controversial. It is. Hot topic right now. It's a good look on you, I have to tell you. It really is. It's, I, and I've t- I know this isn't just for the podcast. No. I've been saying that. You have. You I, have. You've been a believer all yeah, along. I've gone for the mustache. I think it's pretty cool. Not everybody can rock a mustache. I, I can't. I just look like a used car salesman. Sorry, no offense to you, you used car salesman out there. It's just why I don't rock a mustache right now. So anyway, uh, it's uh, good to spend a few moments uh, with our listening audience here in this uh, podcast. Got a few things we're going to be talking about, but uh, Jared, you and I go back a long ways. I mean, my favorite, my favorite history, history lesson with you in your life is I think you were 14 years old. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how old you were. And I was down in Coqueto Seco, uh, Brazil, uh, and uh, dressed outside of Maceo, yeah. a very, very poor area of Brazil. Yep. And that's where you and your family were, your dad being a, a, being a, a church planter, having, having planted a number of churches even by that time was in the process of so doing there in Coqueto Seco. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a great time. You, along with a group of Sailorville uh, people, came down. And, um, yeah, we were about to kick off. I think you were there for the, the first service. Yeah, the that, first service. In fact, I church. preached yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went around, and I was I was basically your translator. You just yeah. <laughs> took me everywhere. In fact, I, that was my first sermon, quote unquote, that I preached. Uh, was my dad was going to translate a sermon that you were going to preach? Uh, and he couldn't come, and he didn't show, or he showed up late, or something. He got tied up, and so you just grabbed me. And <laughs> Yeah, about halfway through the sermon, I I corrected you, you because did. not because I wasn't correcting your Portuguese, no, I was correcting your tone you, of voice. Yeah. You said you gotta say it with the same emphasis as me. <laughs> I don't think anyone can match your emphasis. Oh, it's I so did my funny. best as a fourteen-year-old boy. Oh yeah, but Good I memories, think you did though. it more than once. In fact, we we walked around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, and we were the inviting gospel. people, and yeah, we were inviting people to come to the service and. Uh, yeah, I just became your translator. <laughs> then you then you grew up and became a pastor. You know yeah. that's pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, how long have you been here at Sailorville? Uh, nine years now. Nine yep. years. Yeah. And what's your role here? Well, so I came on staff originally as the children's director uh, for five years, and now been here for four years as the youth ministries pastor, um, just overseeing the kids ministry all the way up to eighteen years old. Um, but it's been a joy. We love Sailorville Church. Um, I think, uh, as you were mentioning, we, we go all the way back, and, and my family goes all the way back here at Sailorville. Um, my great-grandpa, one of the, the guys that influenced you, um, actually was a member here as well for years. Um, in fact, you wrote about him in your book, did you not? I did. I did. Yeah. I wrote it. De- de- almost dedicated a chapter to him, really. Yeah. But in fact, I think I titled the chapter, Dave Leonard, the man who gave me uh, perspective. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you know, you really, he really did. Yeah. Yeah. So actually I'm really looking forward to that book. I don't know if you wanted to say anything, anything more to the, our, our audience. I, I saw a promo it's coming out yeah. here soon. Yeah. Well, the book is titled retractions and it's, uh, it's, a, it's been a book that's been percolating in my heart for a dozen, literally a dozen years since 2010. In fact, the introduction uh, tells about how it all started to, 
uh, started to percolate in my heart and mind yeah. back in 2010. I've been hearing about it for all nine years that I've been well, on staff. You haven't heard about that long, <laughs> but you've heard about the last couple of years. Yeah, in more fact, so. That, that yeah. was the joke. A couple of years ago, I told the staff here that I was thinking about writing a book yeah. titled Retractions, and the subtitle is Cultivating Humility After Humiliation. Yeah. And that's the hook of the book. And so if you could if you could sub subtitle it, it would be, uh, you know, all the things I wish I hadn't said or done. In ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Paul Seymour who said, is this going to be volume one? <laughs> so, uh, uh, smart Alec. But, uh, <laughs> well, I guess if it we'll were see. not for Abe Miller, you probably would have a yeah. lot more volumes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that that's, uh, as you well know, because you had a chance to read a portion of the book yeah. and, uh, which I appreciated. I mean, I do dedicate it to Abe because Abe who's been around really, I've been here. I'm in my 25th year and he's been here as long as I have he's been on yeah. staff for like 22 yeah and we've been working that close now I, I dedicated to him as the guy whose uh, whose boldness uh, has kept the book from becoming a four volume series yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, that said the book actually I am kind of teasing it out a little bit I guess that's what you have to do with these things and and we'll be doing it a few more times the next uh month month and a half it actually comes out in November yeah so that's just in time for Christmas. Just in time for your <laughs> Christmas stocking. Yeah, there you go. I'm actually very excited about it, and thanks yeah, for bringing it up. I am, too. I we'll, am, too. We'll probably talk more about that book uh, in the days to come. Yeah. Uh, because it is really, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I guess if, if anybody has a bucket list, we talk about those things, you know. I only have two things in my bucket list. I really do. And I won't tell you the other. But the one was to get this book written, and it's done. It's done. It's it's published. It's uh, by Credo House Publishing out of Grand Rapids, and uh, the fact that it's done is uh, is just a. In one sense, it's a millstone off my back. <laughs> On the other hand, it's just a uh, just a pure joy to have gotten it done, and I'm really encouraged. I've gotten some tremendous endorsements, which is really always encouraging as well. And so, enough of that. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's, let's move on. So you, we're, we're talking about your youth ministry, but let me just sort of connect the two. That is our, our series in Ephesians, yeah. which we resumed on Sunday and, uh, our youth ministry in our, in the sermon I preached on Sunday, as we resume our series in Ephesians, I reminded our, um, our church family that when we began the series uh, over a year ago now, uh, uh, uh that we said that, uh, you know, the church, which Jesus started, it was his idea, it's his church, he's building the church, until he returns, uh, the church is to be passionately sharing the gospel, uh, deliberately making disciples, regularly seeing people identify with Jesus in believer's baptism, intentionally evangelizing the world, and I want to come back to that one yeah. for your sake here yeah, in a yeah. minute. And then, and then uh, finally, actively engaging in spiritual warfare, which of course, Ephesians six is, talks about the you know the spiritual warfare that we have. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, etc. So um, I want to talk about passionately sharing the gospel, and yeah. then that was my first point. And the and the fourth one was intentionally evangelizing the world. There's, <coughs> excuse me, I'm differentiating between personal evangelism and uh, the great commission of, of bringing the gospel to the nations. And I illustrated it also with the, uh, the fact that there's a third of our world that uh, really has no contact with the gospel at yeah. all. And we're trying to reach, we're really kind of, that's been a new shtick of ours. We're, we're trying to move into those 
places as much as we can with those missionaries that are embedded. And I'm, I'm actually going to be listening to one in a couple of days in a, in a severely persecuted country. He just baptized some people not long ago in his, in the backyard of where he lives in a country where what he did was punishable by death. Yeah. So it takes a really courageous person. Um, and, uh, you know, Sailorville Church is known as an evangelistic church, yep. as a church that's serious about making disciples. But that has to, that has to trickle down all the way down to our, our young people. That's your department. And um, you've got some big things going. Uh, and you're launching a big uh, a new season this, really, tonight when this podcast comes out. This is Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, we... Yeah, it trickles all the way down to our our students and even into our kids ministry. The the fervor for evangelism uh, ultimately begins with the gospel and a fervor for the gospel. And so, in the same way that we want to see more people become more like Jesus, that doesn't stop at adults. We we see that trickle all the way down to our kids ministry and and really is a mantra for us as kids and in the kids ministry and the youth ministry as well. We want to see more kids, more students, more volunteers, more parents becoming more like Jesus. So just like on Sunday mornings, we got the gospel every single week uh, in a Sunday morning message. Uh, and when the kids come to class on Sunday morning, we we want to share the gospel with them every single week there as well. On a Wednesday night when students come, we share the gospel with them there as well and and just want that, um, I guess, fervor and desire for them to, A, you know, accept the gospel, which is where a lot of them are at. They, yep, yep. Because it's, it's a big group. There's yep. about 180 to 200 kids that are coming through this system. We never assume they're all born-again Christians. No, no. We're talking, yeah, on, a, on any given Wednesday night, probably got 150 kids, plus on Sunday mornings, yeah, probably close to 300 kids. Um, there. So yeah, we're just like, we don't assume adults in the, in the Sunday morning service are, are believers. Uh, we definitely don't assume that, that the kids and the youth that are coming through these doors are believers. So we start there. Um, but from there, we want them to live that out as well in their lives. And so that means, um, obviously accepting the gospel for themselves, but then sharing that gospel with, with those around them. So let, let me jump in there with that because, yeah. because in full disclosure, um, your experience that you had uh, a little more, but maybe two months ago was very um, moving to me. Yeah. You came back, uh, you along with Andrew Bush, uh, our high school director, yeah. you're up in Minnesota with a group of kids. You're hanging out with the, what was the name of that ministry? Engage Global. Yeah. So with Engage Global, there was one of the the director, is it Rick Davis? Yeah. And uh, uh, he was very inspiring to you. Yeah. And, and uh, he really, really challenged you about this third of the world that never hears the gospel. Yeah, or rarely. Or rarely. <laughs> and in some cases have no connection. Yeah. Uh, they had a mantra that so uh, moved you and moved Andrew that you're actually applying it to the youth this year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what one of their big things was... Uh, their mantra was, enjoy his grace, extend his glory, meaning God's grace and God's glory, and how that is that is a plan that God has had um, from the beginning, and you can see it all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, and so that's what we're actually doing is each, each year we have a theme for our student ministry. Uh, last year it was different uh, based on First Peter. 
um, chapter one, where it called they God calls us to be holy, to be set apart, to be different. Uh, so that was our theme last year. And ironically, the the verse that we landed on this year was also from First Peter, um, chapter two, verse nine, that says, uh, "You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation." a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises. Uh, and some, some versions say that you may proclaim the excellencies or the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that really, there's lots of verses obviously we could point to, but that verse encapsulates the beginning part of enjoying his grace, knowing that we're chosen, we're royal priests, a holy nation, his, his prized possession. But why? Mm-hmm. So that we can extend his glory. So we can proclaim the excellencies or the virtues of he who called us out of darkness, out of our, our, um, the slave market of sin, and then into his marvelous light. So that's, that's kind of our, our theme of what we're going for this so year. So the theme again ministry. is enjoy God's grace, yep. extend God's glory. And yep. I know you're going to go off first Peter two, nine yep. and, and don't, we won't go there here, but I know no, no, you're no. doing something really cool and special tomorrow night, which these kids really, it's, it's actually going to be tonight by our listening yeah, audience yeah, here. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm excited to hear how it's yeah. going to go and you're going to be a part of that. Yeah. So, um, uh, so first Peter one last year, first Peter two this Maybe year Peter and next year, next year is going to be, the theme's <laughs> going to be, uh, uh, likewise wives being subject, uh, subject to your husband. That's yeah, first Peter we might three. skip that one. I, I, I'm <laughs> not very applicable to high school students. <laughs> well, that's uh, first Peter three. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Any, so anyway, Hey, um, all in all seriousness, what a great theme. Yeah. Uh, enjoy God's grace. That's, uh, that's pretty Evan. I think that's going to be uh, that. I don't know, I'm going to say easy enough for people to accept, embrace, and enjoy, the kids especially, young people, but extend God's glory. Uh, Now, we know that has to do with taking what is yours in Christ. Freely you've received, freely give. I mean, share that with other people. Uh, That's going to be a bit more of a challenge to, to challenge young people to talk to their peers about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, uh, That... And that's always been a challenge, isn't it? I mean, can you talk about that just yeah. a little bit? No, absolutely. And we've even seen it maybe even in recent years. You've been aware of some students, Pastor, and, and we've become more aware of students that um, that do this, that do that are maybe more outspoken and may get ridiculed for their beliefs. Um, and we believe that it's only going to be more and more in our country and even around the world where... Um, students, uh, and really people, anyone will be persecuted for what we believe. And we shouldn't be surprised by this. I think we as American Christians have enjoyed certain freedoms for so long, um, that we have come to expect, uh, these freedoms or, or maybe we, we believe it's our right to be able to express our beliefs and not be persecuted for it. But if you read the Bible, it's the exact opposite. Jesus promises us that we will be persecuted, that we will be ridiculed. Uh, and and in some ways, the, the persecution that we face currently in America is, is pretty mild um, compared to even what you're saying, uh, a missionary that, that could be put to death for baptizing someone. Yeah. I mean, it, we don't have anything like that here in this country, but it, it may come to that. 
it could get a little stiffer here in the day. In fact, I expected to get stiffer yeah. in the days to come, especially with our young people that are in public school. Yep. Uh, now schooling is different. We have we have parents here who teach their children at home. We have parents here that have their children in uh, various Christian schools around here, and we have parents here that are sending their kids to public school. Yep. And uh, in public school, there is, I mean, there's there's no authority by way of the word of God. The word of God isn't uh, isn't authoritative at all. In fact, not even believed in public schools. But we do have Christian teachers in public schools. In fact, we have some in our church that are, yeah. are public the Lord school teachers. Yeah. What's that? We praise the Lord for them. And we do praise the Lord for them and the light that they bring there. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I am burdened for our young people to capture, uh, embrace, not just embrace the gospel and enjoy God's grace, but to extend that glory. Yeah. Uh, by fearlessly talking to people about Jesus, I think it. I think it needs to take place in Christian schools. I don't believe every Christian in the Christians. Every nope. attendee of a Christian school is a Christian. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think there's genuine possibility of being persecuted if the kids that are in public school take their stand. Yeah. And by persecution, I don't mean beatings and such that we're seeing in other places, but real, real isolation and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard thing. I mean, if you think about, especially maybe just as you're listening, think back to your teenage years, your friends were everything. That's mm -hmm. who you identify with. That's who you hang out with. That that's like everything to you is your friends. And if you begin to share the gospel, because maybe you haven't been bold enough to do it before or whatever. Um, and now your friends start leaving you and, and you're sitting alone at the lunch table or whatever, I mean that's a that's a huge deal for a student or a, or a or a kid to to go through something like that. We um, actually had a couple of young ladies in yeah. our our church last year. Uh, they were into the, they were in high school in the one of the local public high schools who were ostracized. Yep. Uh, for their stand, uh, righteous stands, and yep. they weren't waving flags or wearing wearing placards against. Uh, uh, you know, same sex, uh, relationships, but they, they were in one case, they were actually sort of tricked. Uh, I don't know if tricked is the right word, but they were, you know, sort of into, uh, taking their position in front of everyone. And, uh, they were cr really ostracized and it wasn't even for preaching the gospel, it right. was basically just for taking a righteous stand. Right. How much more have you preached the gospel are you yeah. going to be ostracized? Yeah, absolutely. And what, what we need to, and what we seek to do and encourage students, and we will even be doing that this, this year through this series. And, and really we do this often, but, um, we, we try to, as, as best we can, prepare students for not only what they'll face tomorrow at school, but what they may face for the rest of their life, uh, which is probably more and more of that persecution yep. as, as they get older. So, Yeah, and I think parents that are listening to this need to be thinking. You need to put your thinking caps on here. You, yeah. I mean, we can't, especially if you're teaching your kids at home or if they're in a Christian school, if uh, I get it, you, you, you're looking at them as uh, sort of in the incubator right now. You don't want you're not ready to throw them into Daniel's uh, lion's den just yet. <laughs> I get that. Yep. But you better be training them yep. for the lion's den. And the best way of doing it is that you yourself are sharing the gospel. Yeah. If you're an adult listening to this podcast, which is most of you out there right now, that's, a, I mean, that, 
I'm not, not trying to guilt you here. I have a question for you. Uh, are you passionately sharing the gospel? Are you sharing the gospel at all? Yeah. Are you praying for opportunities? And please, please, please don't get into the rut of thinking, well, it's not my gift. Uh, if it's, I don't care if it's a gift or not. It's an, it's, a, it's an obligation if we believe in the Great Commission. Yeah. And I know Chuck DeClean, you know, who is our former uh, evangelism pastor, he hated talking about evangelism as a gift. Uh, he didn't deny that it was a gift, but he would much prefer, he would say he would much rather prefer to, uh, to uh, uh, encourage people to just look at it as an act of obedience. Uh, and so you pray for those opportunities. And then as a parent, you take those opportunities so you can share those with your kids so that you're, you're the kids, to me, it's like, we, we, I, you don't want to be hypocritical in your walk with God, but don't be telling your kids to share the gospel or pray about opportunities if you yourself aren't taking them. Yeah. You're the best example for your kids that way, and uh, let them see that in you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the the Great Commission. Actually, it reminded me of, of this past summer when we were up in, in uh, Minneapolis, Um Rick said, "What what's a uh, what's a missions verse that you know, or or any any missions verse that's any any way connected? Of course, the Great Commission comes up, but then after that, it was pretty much crickets." Um, and she said, "All right, go ahead and quote you know the Great Commission. Go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them, all this." And he said, "Wait a minute, you skipped a part. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations." Mm. So we often skip that part because it's like, yeah, we should be going. We should be making disciples as you go, you know, in your neighborhoods. While that's true, and we should be doing that, um, sometimes we forget that of all nations part because that is gets even more uncomfortable. Yeah. You talk about being uncomfortable and sharing the gospel with your friends or whatever at school. I mean, try dropping in in a completely different culture and a language you don't understand. That's even more uncomfortable. But if we're truly going to follow the Great Commission um, and and say that that's what God has called us to here on this earth, then we should be intentionally not only sharing the gospel with those right around us, but involved in God's mission around the world. So yeah, great point. In fact, as as we podcast, we have young people that are in, in different countries yeah. right now, and they're very young. They're 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 still teenagers. They're post high school, yeah. but uh, four of them are in Germany. Uh, we have another one. I can't remember where they're at right now. She's in Africa. Africa, yeah. and uh, and I can tell you, anybody will affirm this. I can't speak just from my own experience, but anytime I've been on the mission field. Uh, in in these countries that are hard, like Germany is a hard country. It's not an unevangelized country; it's just so hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Togo, you know, where we have had missionaries for years now, the, you know, that's that's uh, folk Muslim. It's not; they're not totally radicalized. But uh, Burkina Faso, which is just north of where Togo is, is radicalized. There's a lot of scary stuff going on there. And every time I go there, and I've been there a couple of times, it just, I'm so radically humbled by the missionaries who go and give their life to spend, to go into these villages, preach the gospel, and to some degree, risk their lives. Yeah. 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 And, and the, another thing we learned this summer is not only that you should be going, and some of us should, but not everyone is called to go. Yeah. Some of us are called to be senders and supporting those who go. 
Some of us should be welcomers and welcoming people from other nations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you may not realize this, but we've got lots of people from all around the world right here in Des Moines. Yes, we do. Uh, and all you got to do is maybe seek a few of them out, begin relationships, and look for opportunities to share the gospel with them. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways that we can get involved with missions, our missions committee here, um, encouraging missionaries that we have sent Um it's not only going. Sometimes we think of missions as going and it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I shouldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can be involved with missions without being the, the goer yeah. yourself. Amen. So God give our young people through your servant, Jared and Andrew, a great heart for you to enjoy your grace and extend your glory among the nations and may this year be the greatest year of all time for our youth ministry here at Sailorville Church and beyond. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining our podcast today. God bless you all.